Hello, everybody, and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I am your Tuesday host, Charles Curtis, and we are just a day closer to the 2018 NFL season. And while we're all excited about, uh, you know, certain things like what's going to happen, you know, who's going to win the Super Bowl, and what's going to happen on the field, there's a lot of stuff swirling around about uh, a lot of other stuff. We've got uh, protests during the national anthem. We've got, uh, you know, new rule about uh, tackling using your, your helmet. And so uh, I brought on somebody. I joked to them before the podcast that I only bring him on when, when there's something serious to talk about. But uh, he's a very intelligent guy, so I had to bring him on. Uh, it's uh, For the Win editor, Chris Corman. What's going on, Corman? How are you? Uh, I'm pretty good. How are you, Charles? I'm good, good. I'm happy to be doing this with you. Um, so I brought you on because I keep thinking about this. I've been reading about it lately. There have just been a lot of pieces, think pieces I've read that are just like, oh, my God, the 2018 NFL season is going to be a disaster between, you know, all this, this the mess that's surrounding the rules about the protests and, and how the NFL is going to handle this new rule with, with tackling with helmets. So, like, right off the bat, like, is it going to be a disaster? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it's, okay. it's, the, it's the NFL, you know? I mean, like, I, I, I mean, first of all, let me, pre- let me preface this by saying, like, I, as much as anyone, am, like, concerned about football. Like, you know, what we know about what it does to people's brains is terrible. And yeah. the, you know, I mean, the players are, are I, I mean, people will not believe this, but they're mistreated. They have these terrible non-guaranteed contracts. Like mm-hmm. the, you know, there's plenty of things morally wrong with the NFL. But as far as like what we're talking about, like will the NFL season be entertaining? Will people like, I, I mean, of course it's going to be great. I mean, the NFL is just a behemoth. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it it captures our attention still, you know, regardless of what anyone says, like, like no other sport does. Uh, it's just... I just cannot, you know, I think you called them think pieces. And I think think pieces rightfully have a bad connotation because it's people sitting around thinking, you know, like, right, well, what, right. you know, and, and there's so many people talking about the NFL that we inevitably end up talking about, like, oh, this is going to be wrong. This is going to be bad. This is going to be terrible. And, uh, you know, and we do this paradoxically because the NFL is actually so great, you know, because it's so all encompassing and people like it so much that we're just sort of compelled to pick it apart. Uh, that's, right. that's sort of what we do. Right, so. right. Well, you know, I, I, I've had this this happen this particular offseason a little bit uh, last year too, where, where I'm in fancy leagues and two of those leagues, there's already been this talk of like, well, there's no engagement, less engagement and, you know, like, you know, sort of and, and feeling bad about, and I feel this way for sure that, that you know, fantasy football reduces players to stocks and makes them into commodities right. and sort of makes them anonymous. And so when they get injured, you're thinking about stock and not the person who's riding on the field, you know, suffering. Um, and in league, there's talk of like, well, you know, there's so much doom and gloom around the NFL. Like we, we want to, you know, make a donation to charity, which I think is wonderful. But to me, it's like, is that an indication that there's this sour feeling about the NFL right now? And I, I, I think that I kind of wonder that. And at the same time, like we're all going to be watching, uh, this fall, um, just to start, like, do you think that like the helmet, you know, tackling with the helmet that that's become a penalty is going to be just a huge disaster uh, for the NFL? Yeah, the, you know, I, I, no, I don't, I don't think it will. I mean, we so Stephen Ruiz, our our really great NFL writer, went, you know, when the when the rule was originally announced, went through and like watched some tape and said, 
oh man, like there's going to be 30 calls in a half. You know, he basically said like, this is going to lead to so many calls. And we've been through how many ever weeks of the preseason, and there have been 48 total calls, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, I think it's up to 51 now after last night. Okay. Okay, like a game, so there, so there's like, but but I mean, it's still only like one and a half per game or something, you know. Like it's not, it's not the the Eagles. I think we're complaining because they they they're the most penalized team so far under this rule, and they have five of them. Um, so it's just like it's not. I mean, it's a, it's a clear course correction towards something that most of us have agreed is probably something that's good. You know, the less impact of the head. Uh, and, and however we get there, you know, fewer practices, changing the way people tackle it is going to be a good thing. You know, CTE is is a fact of life for and for football players. They by now should all realize that they're risking it. But that it's also we've been sort of demanding. You know, we're so critical of, of the NFL for many valid reasons. The ways that they that they ignored this for so long. The ways they they mitigated. Uh, you know, scientific evidence, uh, you know, to try to not be on the hook for payments, the way they didn't listen to former players, all that is terrible. But now they're clearly uh, trying to do something to make the game better. And I think in the grand scheme, we're going to look back and, and view this as a, a pretty minor course correction. Uh, it's not going to be simple or smooth. You're going to get outbursts like from Richard Sherman. Um, so, you know, and it's going to, and, and the league has acknowledged that. They've said, hey, this is probably going to take three years for for people to really understand the changes that we want to make but uh, you know again i just think it's probably not going to be as invasive as as everyone thinks well, that's promising and i also think that there's there's going to be adjustments made right like i, I read a mm-hmm. tuesday that they're they're talking about you know meeting about this rule and making tweaks so it's not as subtle and not as you know, right? Like, if you're absolutely tackling with the, the, you know, use, you know, launching with the helmet first, with right, right. the crown of your head hits first, that's the penalty. Uh, versus, like, in the course of a tackle, where you kind of, you know, right side, maybe your your head happens it. So, I, yeah, I, I kind of am optimistic about it. And of course, obviously, it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. The idea is to help with the health of players and to try to help them play a game. That they love playing, and that they know that they're they're playing with risk. Um, so I think there's that. I mean, there will come a time I think when there will be a big call, two minutes left, where this this flag is thrown, and there will be controversy. But I long run, it it'll be a good. Th- it has to be a good thing, right? Like the, the whole yeah. thing is is you don't tackle with using your head, and the the helmet has become a, you you launch it because you feel safe as a missile, and that's like right. you get. Spinal, right. to get what happened to Ryan Shazier, you know, it's so right, right. It's a positive thing ultimately. Yeah, and and it's not the first time this has happened, right? Like this has happened. I mean, pretty much every decade in the history, in this century-long history of football, you've said, "Well, this part's too violent. Let's change it." You know, the wedge. You know, like there's there's just there's been course corrections, and there's been course corrections along this this path. You know, where they. Uh, you know, said, hey, we need to tackle differently. In the 70s, they talked about heads-up tackling. You know, this is not brand new. Um, so, you know, I think it's it's just a proper step. And really, what the difficulty is, like, you and I can watch a game together, right, and say, okay, there's a good tackle, and, oh, man, that guy blew up a dude purely just to try to hurt him. You know, mm-hmm. like, you can see that with your eyes. But writing it down, trying to make that definition is a little bit more difficult. And I, But I think what they need to take, you know, you and I grew up in an era where we would, 
you know, Sunday mornings, there were the shows where all it was was just these huge hits, right? Set to like videotapes, yeah. Rock music, you know, like, oh man, like that needs to go away. <laughs> like that, you know, it's, it's gone, cool. yeah. It's, Right, right. And and so that's sort of, so you know, I think we're moving forward and that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, do you think that, uh, that, that ultimately, do, uh, do you think like me that it's generational, right? Like that this generation and maybe the next generation who has sort of grown up not knowing about this and, and, and launching Helmet First tackling, <laughs> that right. they'll go out with the generation because they now know about CTE and head injuries and and all kinds of things. And, and will it, so maybe you get a whole generation of kids now who go into college and eventually end up in the NFL tackling with, you know, shoulders the, the way that, that you see in rugby. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's certainly the goal and the hope and how a lot of things have progressed. You know, you look at NHL hockey. I mean, there are basically no more enforcers, you know, because five, six, right. seven years ago, uh, it was, you know, a bunch of enforcers died uh, committed suicide or died of drugs overdose because uh, their brains were damaged by all the fights they've been in. And now, you know, even in junior hockey, you know, junior hockey used to be a bastion of, you know, you'd have three guys in every team who were just there to throw fists, uh, big bruising guys. And it's sort of gone. You know, that's that's not how the game's played and fighting's way down in the NHL. Um, so, you know, I, I think that that's the evolution that football is probably looking for uh, with this rule, and and quite honestly, it's getting there anyway, right? Like the the spread offense means that you can't have as many big bad dudes on your defense who are just looking to crush people. Like they need to be able to cover, and they need to be able to run. Um, mm-hmm. So it's you know it's becoming a little bit more of a finesse open game anyway, and this is sort of helping it along, I think. Let's uh, let's talk national anthem protests in just a second, but first let's hear from our sponsors. Support for For the Win comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Let's talk about buying a home. It can be one of the most important purchases you'll ever make. But today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher payments, which can turn a great experience into an anxious one. That's why Quicken Loans created their exclusive power buying process. Here's how it works. They check your income, assets, and credit to give you a verified approval. This gives you the strength of a cash buyer making your offer more attractive to sellers. Once verified, you qualify for their exclusive rate shield approval. They'll lock your interest rate up for up to 90 days while you shop for your new home. Then once you've found one, if rates have gone up, your rate stays the same. But if rates have gone down, you get to keep that new lower rate. Either way, you win. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash FTW. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states and MLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. All right, we're here with Chris Corman, editor extraordinaire, NFL fan, writer, all kinds of things, wears a lot of hats for For the Win. Uh, so, yeah, the, the National Anthem protests. We, we're now, you know, post-Colin Kaepernick a uh, couple of years now. Uh, and now we've sort of, we're in this mess of all these, you know, potential rules that the NFL wants to put in about when you can and can't stand for the National Anthem. Uh, or, you know, you don't even have to be there for the National Anthem if you so choose. That got pulled, and now there's all these discussions about what's going to happen. Do you think 
anything will will come of this this season, or will it kind of be the last couple of years? Yeah, I, you know, I think it continues on the course it's been on. I mean, there are there are sort of two prongs of this, right? There's there's the ongoing discussions uh, between the NFL and the NFL Players Association, uh, trying to find some middle ground or, or some policy that both sides can agree on. Uh, sort of related to the one that the owners forced through back in, I think that was May, uh, that that you know set set people off, rightfully so. Uh, you know where where there were going to be punishments if players did kneel. Uh, it allowed players to stay in the in the locker room, but you know that that policy was very quickly uh, frozen by the NFL, and and now there's something in the works. Um, and you know I think USA Today's Jarrett Bell wrote recently that there's just no reason for the NFLPA to agree to any sort of overarching thing right now. You know, it's just, uh, there's, uh, you know, it's, it's just best to sort of push this forward. Um, you know, you know, they, there's, there's no value in it for the players to, to come to some sort of overall agreement. So I think we're going to sort of be where we've been, where players are going to have some somewhat of a choice and that we're also going to continue having, like, I think there's been 15 people who have demonstrated in some way so far this preseason. And that's about where the number is. You know, the the massive protests uh, last year were in response to Trump. Uh, they, you know, they were not they were not you know deeply rooted to the original uh, point of Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reid, uh, social you know social justice, social reform, police reform. Uh, you know, they were more a response to being challenged by the president of the United States. Um, so I think we'll get back to that place where there's 15 and it's changing each week, you know, and, and, and it also depends on what happens. You know, these are these are protests that are that are responses to things happening in the world. So, uh, you know, I think it could change. But, uh, you know, I expect to see it just sort of, you know, a, a few players who, who choose to, to step out and do it, uh, knowing full well that they are risking their careers, uh, as Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reid have learned. Um, the one, the one wild card, I think, is that <laughs> we know uh, beyond any doubt that Donald Trump will use them right. uh, whenever they happen. You know, he will right. amplify them. He will, he will use them to rouse his base. You know, so, so they, w- you know, that's why we're in this cycle is because they continue to be uh, used uh, in a political way by the president of the country. <laughs> right, and, and, and well, it's interesting you say that. I mean, I remember you wrote. I want to say. Right around the start of two years ago, maybe it was even last year, you said that you wrote a whole thing for for the win about how these protests weren't necessarily protests of the national anthem. It was protests to bring light to and start a conversation with these issues that they're bringing up with with reform. And it was funny last year, I, I think literally a year ago, I was at the Jets upfront. What they do is, is they, they, they have food tastings and kind of they preview what they're going to do. And Bart Scott was there and I talked to him about it and he put it so well, he said, look, you're sitting in your living room. You want to escape from, you know, the craziness of the world uh, for, for four hours. And that's what the NFL does for you. But what these protests do is interrupt that and remind you and, and kind of say you can't escape this, these, uh, these issues because they're issues for some, you know, these players and, and their communities and, and so on and so forth. And I thought that was really a great way of summing it up. And I think that's why they continue and, and to communicate and, and a reminder of what they're really about. Right. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because one of the, the big things on Twitter is that if somebody calls it a national anthem protest, you're supposed to get offended because, you know, they're not protesting the national anthem. They're just protesting during the national anthem to bring light to other things. But, but you know, 
they they are aimed at the national anthem. Like that is, they are happening during the national anthem. They are trying to uh, they are trying to offend people who who value yeah. the national anthem. I mean, that is what's happening. You know, like I, I think by trying to dance around that, we actually mitigate and we and we take away the power of of what's going on because Colin Kaepernick is saying like. You know, this this national anthem represents this country. You know, it stands for what this country is supposed to be. And what this country is supposed to be right now is wrong. You know, he is saying that, that there are big, huge societal issues uh, and that and that he feels, as, as a citizen, that he needs to speak up about them, which is, to my mind, as patriotic as you can be. You know, that's the idea of the country, is that we all have a say, we all uh, can argue our point for how the country should be, and so he is trying to say, you know, hey, there there are deeply rooted systemic issues here that need to be dealt with. And he is saying it to people who otherwise would not listen, right? Like he is trying to reach the people who are not reading Ta-Nehisi Coates. He is trying to reach the people who, you know, did not go see the James Baldwin movie. Like he is trying to find those people and he's, and that's what he decided. He, you know, he found, he had this platform where he could reach those people by, yes, he, you know, he has to, make them uncomfortable. He has to inflict upon them this thing that they do not want to see. Uh, but but that was the point. You know, that was... <laughs> he was trying to to stir that up. Um, yeah. So, I, and I don't know. I You know, I have we... Have any of those people been reached? I'm, I'm not sure. You know, I don't know. But but obviously, we continue to talk about it. And it continues right, right. to be a thing. So, yeah. I, you know, I think it's been wildly successful as far as getting people Starting to talk. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, do you think, and I'll tell you my prediction, do you think that there will be a team or a franchise that suspends a player, that uh, uh, finds a player for any sort of protest during the anthem? And I will start off right off the bat and say no. I don't think right. so. Um, I just think we're in the, you know, if, if we're talking about, you know, the NFL always says, like, we don't want any distractions on our team, you know, uh, that just just doing so, fining, suspending, would, would, would the, the media descend, the media horde would descend upon right. the franchise and whatever player it was, and you'd get distractions out the wazoo. So I think right. that these these franchises, like some of them obviously are, are sympathetic with, with players and they're, they're, they back them up and that's, you know, I would say, what do you think, like half the, the teams. And then the other half, they're probably saying, you know, we're not going to touch it, we're going to just like go ahead and, and do our thing. And I, I so I think... We'll just have another season with some protests. We'll write about it. Trump will tweet about it, and it'll just the cycle will begin anew. But I don't think we'll have a, it. Will, you know, it, it'll have the same impact that it's it's had. That we, we'll be reminded of. We'll have the discussion, but I don't think it goes and elevates beyond that. What, what do you right. think? Right. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be worth it for any team to escalate. You know, the the situation. Uh, I, I mean, I, I I guess that the owners think that they are winning points with with a lot of their customers. I mean, it seems yeah. to be, I, I, you know, I think owners really are, you know, generally Republicans because they want lower taxes and then their stadiums are being paid for by local corporations who are giving sponsorships. Those people are probably saying, Hey, we, we, you know, we lean toward the president because he's cutting all our taxes and he's doing things to help our business. So, so I think they're here, but, but they often say it's the fans, right? They say, well, we're hearing right. from the fans and they don't, but like, you know, I, I'm, are they really going to gain, is a bottom line really going to be helped that much by 
suspending a backup running back for four games uh, if he kneels compared to, like you said, there's going to be a media horde. And then the players, you know, NFL players, uh, the power they have is that they can stick together, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I do think that they would uh, in that instance, they would come together as they did when, when Trump, you know, uh, last year, when, when Trump called them sons of expletives and, and right. said they should be fired, you know, that was when you saw the, the mass protests. Um, so I just don't think I, I don't envision it escalating to that point. I think and I think the NFL is is edging closer to realizing that Trump is purely using them. You know, there's no way for the NFL owners to win this. Right. Trump is is his only interest in this is that it's a political ploy. It's something for him to rouse his base with. And that's all he cares about. You know, he's not going to at some point say like, well, the NFL has done it. They're patriotic again. And and I'm so thankful. You know, there's no there is no end game where the owners get something out of Trump. And they're going to realize that as every business person who's ever worked with Trump eventually realized is mm-hmm. there's you know, there is no so, sort of uh, way to, to win out in the end. So and I think we're getting closer. They're just realizing, you know, we just need to ignore this guy figure out what we want to do and they were they were so on that path man they were like they had met with players they were talking about doing initiatives spending a lot of money to try to make this happen some of the players were happy malcolm jenkins was one of them he said you know i'm not going to protest anymore they've they've come to us in good faith if you talked about it but you know the everything that was erased by by the sort of capricious decision in, in may to try to pass this uh, you know, the, the policy. So I, but I don't see it escalating. I just don't see, yeah, I don't see the value in that. Yeah. And, and well, I, you know, and I think that brings back to the ultimate question, like, will this, this season be a terrible one? Like I, I, I it's, it's a point that you've hammered home to me a lot, which is that pop, football is still as popular as ever. And, right. uh, you know, the, the, the Carolina Panthers just sold for what, $2 billion. So right. None of this is going to change anytime soon in terms of popularity and all that. Uh, Long term, who knows? But I think for right now, you know, we're going into a season that's mostly like uh, any other with some asterisks here and there. But ultimately, um, it, it, you know, we'll be talking a lot about the game and some about these these other sort of uh, issues. Right, right. I mean, NFL ratings are not down. You know what I mean? Like we NFL ratings are down, but they're not in a vacuum. You know, they people have stopped watching TV. CBS and NBC are down 19% last year. The NFL was only down 9%. So, you know, the, the piece of the pie for the NFL is actually growing. You know, more of what, what people are watching on TV is the NFL. Uh, but but the way that people consume media has changed so much. That's, that's where there's disruption. That's how things are changing. We're not anchored to televisions anymore. Um, and, and so we sort of lack the tools to really understand how people are, are engaging uh, with the NFL. Uh, and I mean, I, it certainly feels like it's as, uh, you know, as hot as ever, you know, the, the way people feel about this league and engage with it. And like you said, you know, ultimately when it comes down to it, the price tag is, is a really good measure. And the Panthers with are, you know, a mid-size mid-market team just sold for an astronomical amount of money. Um, right. So, so, you know, and I think, and the NFL is just so good at creating drama, right? You know, who who knows who's going to win this? Like, if you and I were talking last year and you said the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl, I would have laughed at you. And oh, I, grew yeah. up in, I grew up in Philadelphia, you know, so, and that's where we are right now. We stand on the cusp of that. There's, you know, 20 teams that could legitimately win the Super Bowl. And 
there's just going to be drama every year. And and so when you get, to, I mean, ultimately, what most people care about is the sport. You know, they they, they yeah. don't think that much about CTE. They don't think that much about uh, kneeling. They really watch the games. And the NFL is still a great product. Yeah. Well said. Uh, Chris Corman, uh, you're at Chris Corman on Twitter. Uh, what have you been working on lately? What's, yep. what's you know, anything anything to, to look out for? Yeah, just uh, wrapping up our, we, we did, did the uh, season recaps, episode recaps for Last Chance You, the third season. Oh, right. uh, so I have a couple of those, a couple right. of those coming. Um, and uh, then we'll, you know, dive in the NFL type stuff and um, you know, Steven Ruiz has a lot of great preview stuff. You know, he wrote yesterday about all the teams that should try to trade for Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you know, Steven is one of the great underrated NFL writers, just has such an understanding of the game. So, um, you know, I've been totally loving his, his preview stuff. So, uh, but yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. Look out for that. Look out for other stuff. Chris, thank you as always. Well. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it.